sat down for a morning meeting this week with San Diego Fire Captain Aaron Bothwell. Aaron's an advocate of the Dave Ramsey approach to financial planning, which he used to help him crush $70,000 in debt in just over two and a half years. And he's been going step by step ever since to accomplish his goals. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the bullpen. Thanks for meeting me. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, well, let me first start off by saying um, happy birthday. I know you just recently had a birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And and my gift to you is uh, having you share this defined moment with me. So <laughs> congratulations. Well, I ask for better gifts, you know, to see you just within days of my birthday. It's amazing. <laughs> what what can someone ask for, right? Not much. Yeah, that's right. Uh, did you do anything fun? Uh, my wife made a big old pizuki, you know, kind of like what they do at BJ. So um, I couldn't really think of a, of a cake that I wanted. So one of my daughters said, let's do a giant cookie. And I said, let's do it. I'm so they, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, beautiful. How uh, was it challenging uh, trying to celebrate with the, the pandemic going on or, or things opened up out by where you are or what? Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, things opened up and then they kind of shut back down. The public health order always has been don't get together with anyone outside of your family, even though I think most of us have had maybe a little gathering of uh, of some family here and there. And so we talked about it uh, with with um, some family members in town and we said, well, we'll just we'll celebrate it on the 4th so we don't have to go back and forth. And then. It looked like we weren't even going to do that because of the shutdown and and uh, just some of the stuff involved with that and 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 fears founded or unfounded about you know some exponential contacts just based on where family members may or may not have been throughout the week and so um, it's all good though you know uh, kind of in the fire service we get used to celebrating holidays and birthdays on on days that aren't the actual day and so we had a great time with just my immediate family here and then uh saw some other family members on on the fourth so it, it was good right on. yeah this, the days are they're just arbitrary i guess and, and one thing's for sure is you won't you won't soon forget the way you celebrated in 2020 this has been a weird year and um everybody's yeah. just trying, to, trying to figure it out so that's all good for sure well cool man you ready to get this thing going let's get it all right well here comes your first alarm as you well know uh on the fire department, a first alarm assignment has four engines and a truck, but here at the firehouse, I'll ask you four questions. You give us one piece of advice. That sound good? Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, here we go. On your first alarm, you are first in. So when you're first in, I need to size up. That's who you are, where you work, and how long you've been doing it. All right. My name is Aaron Bothwell. I work for the San Diego Fire Department. Uh, I've been doing that for 16 years, and I work in our professional standards unit currently. So. Those of you unfamiliar, the closest uh, analogy would be internal affairs at a police department. So and, uh, you're, more used to, you're more used to doing the interviewing than rather than having the cameras turn around on you. You know, it's kind of funny. That's, that's, what, uh, that's what everyone thinks. I guess the closest analogy is internal affairs, but I, I really do very few interviews. Like we don't do the investigations. It's the chiefs that do the investigation, turn the paperwork over to us, and we help them write, edit make sure everything's in line with department standards and, and city uh, standards when it comes to how those documents are formatted. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm happy to, I'm happy to uh, report that I've never um, been interviewed by you or any of the chiefs in that manner. So <laughs> it makes me feel pretty good. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's a good yeah, thing. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm, and I'm definitely happy to be uh, 
connecting with you in, in this arena here. So with that in mind, um, how, like, how did your journey in personal finance or your, your journey towards financial literacy start? How did you get started down that path? Yeah, I kind of always have been one to hold on to my money. Um, you know, even as a kid going to camp or whatever, I'd get however much money and I'd, I'd make sure that I, that I spent it wisely on the, on the way that I wanted to. Uh, some of my friends would blow all their money in the first day or two on, on candy. Um, I'd say some of that probably comes from, uh, from my mom, who probably got it from her dad, who grew up during the Depression, and he's, he held on to everything. Um, he taught her some valuable uh, financial lessons. Um, you know, uh, st stuff like paying your car loan off early and, um, you know, making sure you have a rainy day fund and stuff like that. Uh, has always been something that I've had, you know, at the very least at the back of my mind, if not at the forefront of my mind. But it wasn't until uh, I had my, my first daughter um, 10 years ago now. Um, my wife stopped working. She she stayed at home. I was paying the bills and, and thought, you know, on paper, the paycheck versus the monthly bills, it should have it should have worked out fine. Um, but I, I found, you know, every couple of months I was having to go to the savings account and it didn't make sense to me why, because again, on paper, um, it, it should have been fine. Uh, and what I realized, uh, so we found Dave Ramsey, um, first from my mom and then on a, on a drive back from somewhere, he was a, a replay on a Saturday night and, uh, went and took a look at his website. And, uh, for those that are unfamiliar, can you just explain who D Dave Ramsey is? Yeah, Dave Ramsey, he's, uh, he's, uh, uh, a nationally syndicated radio host who, who talks about personal finance and his big thing is is to get out of debt don't get into debt if you're out of debt um pay off your debt as fast as possible and and then and, and be smart with your money um he's he's got the seven baby steps the first one is to save up a thousand dollars uh we've talked before about how 40 percent of the country i think when this pandemic first hit when the shutdown first hit the numbers were out there, like 40% of Americans um, wouldn't even be able to take a $400 hit to their to their budget. And so his thing is save up $1,000 right away, which will help prevent you from having to use your credit card again if an emergency comes up. Um, the next thing is to pay off all your debt as fast as possible using the debt snowball. And what that is, is um, you pick your, your thing with the lowest balance, pay that off as quick as possible. And, and all that money that you were paying on that first one, now you roll into the second one. Once the second one's paid off, all that money you take and pay off the, the third one. And, um, and, and you see how quickly you know, debt can go down when you do that. What's the idea behind paying off the smallest one first? Why not just try to tackle your big one first? What's the idea there? You know, um, I've heard that before, or the, or the one with the, the highest interest rate. Well, I just pay off the highest interest rate one and you'll save money faster. And, and in our case, uh, my wife is super good with, with Excel. I'm halfway decent with it. Um, and so we, we throw up all of our debt on an Excel spreadsheet and um, we did like three or four different calculations. What if we pay off the, the one with the highest uh, interest rate? What if we pay off the one with the lowest balance? And, and it, it turned out that paying off the lowest balance uh, for us made sense. Now we didn't have any 20% interest rate credit cards or anything like that, um, but, but it made sense. But Dave Ramsey's theory is by paying off the, the lowest balance first, you get, you get quick wins. So that $500 or $1,000 credit card, you pay that off real quick and you're like, 
man, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. And now you have that extra money real quick. Say, say you're, you were maybe only making 50 or a hundred dollar payments on it. You work a little overtime or go get a side gig or whatever and, and, and pay it off in a couple months with that extra money. Now you have that hundred dollars that you were paying plus that extra money that you were getting and rolled into the next one. Um, and, and you just, you get quick win. And so you, you don't have that psychological defeat of like, ah, this, I'm, ne- I'm not getting anywhere. I'm never going to get through this. Um, plus you, you, you kill off some debt so that if you do end up, uh, coming up on an emergency again, you've got a little more wiggle room in your budget. Mm. No, that makes sense. And it's like sort of building that savings muscle a little bit. You know, you're talking about on the path for 10 years since your daughter was born. Was that something, did it take you some time to get used to, to to get used to, um, paying off all these debts or, or trying to get this debt snowball going something that was, was immediate? It took time for you to, to figure it out. It took a little, it took a little while to pay it off. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I was listening to that radio show on the way back home from somewhere and um, went to his website. My wife and I were, were poking around on his website. She went to the library and, and borrowed two books, Total Money Makeover and Financial Peace. She read one while I read the other. And then we switched. Um, so we're very fortunate. We got on the same page at the same time. There wasn't one of us trying to drag the other one along. Um, in the back of both of those bo- books is uh, a budget uh, calculator spreadsheet type of deal where you name every little dollar that you spent. So we, we went back for two months and found everything that we spent money on in the, in the previous two months. Um, and then we pulled in stuff like, uh, like what I talked about before, those things that come up only once or twice a year that, that could kill you, like, uh, you know, homeowner's insurance, life insurance, car insurance, you know, they come up only once or twice a year, but it's 600 or a $1,000 a pop. So we put all that stuff in, amortized it over the course of the year and came up with um, how much we would need to spend on, on everything. What do you mean um, amortized? Can you just explain what that term means? Yeah, so basically it's that that yearly expense divided by 12. So if, you're, if your car insurance is $1,200 a month, instead of just going, oh, well, hopefully there's money in the savings account next June when it comes up, you just go, well, why don't I save $100 a month? Put it in a savings account. Um, whether you have it all in one savings account and you just know on a spreadsheet how much of that is allocated towards your car insurance or, or whatever the expense might be, or uh, like the, our credit union, you have the opportunity to put a bunch of different sub savings accounts, um, either which way, you just know that that money's in there. So that next time your car insurance comes up, you transfer the money into your checking account and you pay the bill it's instead of going, where is that coming from? You know, you, it's in your savings account, but you know that that's where it's coming from. You're naming it before you spend it. No, I like that. That's a that's a really effective technique for uh, knocking this debt down. That, that's awesome. Um, how do you think sort of the current affairs, the, the the status of the market today, are affecting things of people's ability to save or, or people's ability to get on the path? How how is the current environment affecting things? Well, if nothing else, it should be a motivator so that when when folks do get the chance to earn some money they put that extra money away so that they have time to save like this. And that's, that's one of the first things I thought when they started shutting things down. Um, you know, I had it in my head and then I heard the stat on the radio, Hey, 40% of Americans can't take a $400 hit. You just lost your job. You're very likely to take a $400 hit. 
you know, uh, if you got a little money saved up, you can be the person that goes to the grocery store and saves up on some non-perishable canned food items so that if stuff really gets bad, you've got, you've got extra stores up in your garage or your pantry or whatever uh, to be able to handle that. And so, um, you know, those people that are living, living paycheck to paycheck, people that have too much month left at the end of their money, you know, and then they just lost their job on top of it. Wow. You know, it, that, that's, that's going to be a huge hit. So if you have a budget and you live within your means and then you've got three to six months worth of savings, which is baby step three, um, it, it's going to lessen that, that stress so that when something hits, you're going to be a little more able okay, we've got three to six months before, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna get tight. And in that time, hopefully you can find some sort of job or invent some sort of job for yourself where you can, uh, you know, make ends meet. Uh, yeah, sure. or, or at least cut down those extra expenses, you know, cutting down, going to the restaurants and stuff like that. And you, you pick up the unemployment, you, you can make your ends meet a little better. Yeah, for sure. And for us, I, I feel very grateful I, um, that we have such a secure form of employment. Like we're not likely to get laid off, but they always say the best time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. So um, coming up with that emergency fund, then paying down all your debt, then building up the three to six months worth of, uh, you know, just finishing out that emergency fund. And I'll, I'll link to a, a video I did on emergency funds um, uh, in the notes, but uh, it is, if, if you haven't taken the time to do that yet, it's imperative that, that everybody listening here does that figure out a way to get that thousand dollars saved up, whether it means um, stop going to the bars, whether it means, um, you know, picking up a side hustle or leveraging your skills and abilities some other way, you gotta, you have to have that little bit of cushion um, for those things that inevitably will come up. So uh, I just love that point. Um, so I think you kind of left off on the third baby step. What would, what would finish out the seven steps? The, the, the fourth step is to save 15%. And so, um, and he says first in a Roth IRA, because that's tax-free when you pull it out and then a 401k. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's something that people, that's his, that's his take. Uh, that's something that people, when I've talked to people about they have, they have a little bit of issue with it. Well, what about, what about my deferred comp? What about this? What about that? Well, what about, I have a pension, you know, what if I have a pension? Well, Dave's thought on that is, nothing's guaranteed. And we saw, you know, recently in a couple within the last, I don't know how long ago, the cases with Stockton and San Bernardino are, they're, they're coming after our pensions all the time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even though we say, well, it's guaranteed, it's, it's state law, stuff can change. Um, and, and that kind of stuff just isn't guaranteed. You might say I have a pension and you're counting on having a 20 or 30 year career, but what if you get hurt? Um, you know, what happens if uh, your spouse, your spouse is 401k, you know, takes a dive or whatever and so he says he says put 15 percent away um over and above your pension i've kind of done a like in between i'm not quite giving 15 percent over and above my my pension but i try to push it every now and again every time we as infrequently as we get a raise or every time i give myself a raise by getting promoted or whatever try to put a little bit of extra in there yeah. um after after that it's save up money for your kids college and then um, pay off your house early. And then the last step is to, is to build wealth and to give it away. So Dave Ramsey's a, he's a Christian guy. So he initially thinks about like, and that's part of making your budget is, is putting tithes 
uh, first. Um, but he says, hey, even if you're not a Christian, and um, even if you're not uh, coming from a faith-based uh, religion where you that would be part of your tenets and part of your faith, he says, you, you give that money away anyway. Give give 10% away. And it just kind of helps to see that there's other people in the world other than you. But then as part of baby step seven, build wealth and give it away, man. You, you'd have the opportunity if you're really building wealth to, to, to help somebody, you know, help somebody on the job who, who's come down with cancer or whose spouse uh, passed away. Um, you know, someone comes up on some hard times. I mean, it's just a great feeling to be able to, to help out in those, in those kinds of instances. No, absolutely. So, many. Um, so yeah, that runs. Yeah, no, there's a, there are so many causes out there that, um, but it is, it's the, the point of it is to, to help, um, you know, give away some of the wealth that you earn and, and just that feeling of giving back is, uh, is really powerful. And it's actually a huge motivation of why the firehouse exists itself. Um, but something you talked about in baby steps, um, whether you're going to save 15% and put it to a 401k or, or for comp 57, whatever it is, a Roth, you're going to have to project a little bit on what tax bracket you think you're, you're going to be in. Um, and so personal finance being personal, each person listening to this is going to have to, you know, sort of guess a little bit or project what tax bracket you think you'll fall into and then contribute to that, whatever investment vehicle is going to be best for you. Um, whether right. it's pre-tax or post-tax sort of thing. Um, and, and most of us are going to be in a higher tax bracket, right? If, if you're, if you're in your twenties or thirties and you don't leave employment at a higher tax bracket than you are now in, in 20 or 30 or even 10 years from now, something maybe isn't quite right. Uh, you know, either through promotion or, or outside jobs or, or even cost of living increases, which I know uh, in our realm, it just hasn't been happening, but something's going to happen where over the course of 20 or 30 years, you are more likely to be in a higher tax bracket than, than you are now. And so that's, you know, definitely something to consider. So by putting into those Roth types of investment vehicles, when you, you put it in post-tax, then you're not taxed on it when you, when you take it out. When you pull it out. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I talked to Robert Logan on uh, this show a couple of weeks ago, and he talks about making yourself more valuable by, you know, getting yourself pay raises via, promotion or going to specialty stations. We get a, a pay differential here in San Diego if we go to some of the um, specialty stations like Hazmat or Technical Rescue or, or things like that. So there are ways of increasing your your income and which will likely lead to a higher tax bracket down the way. And the other thing I think about too, man, is uh, just look, you know, taking out my crystal ball, I don't see our taxes being reduced. I mean, our, our deficit is uh, in the trillions of dollars. I can't see us um, not trying to tax our way out of that thing. So I, I, I have to imagine most people will find themselves in 15 or 20 years in a higher tax bracket than they are today. But that's just my opinion on that. Um, looking back, looking back over the last 10 or 15 years or, or 16 years since you came on the job, what would you have done differently? Is there something that sticks out in your mind that you're thinking, oh, I wish I could go back and, and take a, a do-over on that one? Oh, man, just just reading those two books by Dave Ramsey. And, and I knew what compound interest was before, but really getting a grasp on compounded interest, I'm just like, dude. And, and looking at how much money uh, I've spent on interest whether it be for a home loan or a car loan i'm like 
I just, I kick myself. I kick myself for not getting on uh, a stricter budget sooner. I'm not one to go out and spend hundreds of dollars on, on a night out or anything like that. But, but just if I had, you know, when I paid off one truck, instead of going, well, shoot, I just got a raise. Let me go get a bigger, better truck. Um, I would have been fine with that little Ranger that I had. And I could have saved up the money to, to pay cash for, for the next one. Or I could have saved up the money to, to have had a, a down payment when I bought my first condo instead of doing an 80-20 type of loan that just cost me way more than it, than it needed to. So just getting on a, getting on a, a better, uh, when I say strict, people are going to be like, no, I want to I be able to live a little bit. I want to be able to have fun. But uh, if I had gotten on a better, stricter budget, um, I, I would be much better positioned now um, than I am. Yeah, no, and, and I think everybody listening to that will will uh, that's gonna that's gonna hit home for a lot of people because I think we can all raise our hands up and, and think of things that we wish we would have gone back and done differently. And, and obviously we can't, but what we can do is learn from those mistakes, pass it down to the next generation of people coming up, just like your grandfather did for your mom and your mom did for you, trying to get you on the right path at, at an early age. Um, and that's what we can do. But I also want to emphasize the fact that no matter where you are, if, if you got 20 years behind you and, and, you know, 40 years of retirement ahead of you, it's never too late, right? You can still, right. you can still implement these best practices from people like Dave Ramsey and others that are just, they're just fundamental tenets of good financial discipline, right? It's just, right. just don't, don't um, spend more than you earn. Um, and just try to save some amount. If it's 5%, if you can't make it to 15%, save 5%, save, save, save $5. Who cares? Cause yeah. you've got to start building momentum, right? You got to right. start somewhere and you got to start where you're standing, build a little bit of momentum. And it's going to be hard in the beginning, right? It, it takes, I heard that it takes, um, uh, it, within the first five minutes of a rocket ship blasting off, it uses as much fuel as it's going to in, in its entire journey. So it takes a ton of energy to get started, right. to get moving. But once you get out into orbit, out into space, then it's, it's not as hard, but you got to build yep. up momentum at first. So I just want that, I want that uh, message to ring clear for everybody. It doesn't matter where you're at. You just got to start today and, and take a right. step today, take a step tomorrow and so on and so forth. And, and before you know it, you're looking back in um, 10 years time, which probably went by in a flash, but now you paid down your debt and now you're, you're, uh, you're on, on your way. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think that's huge to say it's, it's never too late. You know, it's never too late. You could be on the tail end of your retirement and still have some outstanding stuff out there. That doesn't mean you can't, if you're in the drop, take, take some of that drop and get it down or, or you're not retired yet. So take advantage of, of whatever overtime there may be out there. Um, you know, you, you talk about momentum and, and, and something triggered in my mind about that is, it, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to do it when you're solo. So if you're not married or tied down yet, get yourself in a good place before that happens. If you are married um, or you've got a significant other that you're sharing finances with, do your best to get on the same page at the same time. You, you're doing a lot less of push-pull and, and, and as much effort as it takes to get into that good habit, um, it's a lot easier if, if you're walking together as to as opposed to playing tug of war no for sure is there can can you give us a piece of advice maybe 
as it relates to personal finance or um, you know personal development or, or anything. But and then also I, I want to two part question on that. If there is somebody that is married or in your words tied down, I, I don't personally feel tied down. I feel uh, it's it's been just an absolute blessing to be married. But uh, I'll use your words. Committed. Uh, committed. If you're married or otherwise committed, how about that? There you go. Um, to to get your spouse or your significant other on the same page, because because I'm fortunate that my wife and I are on the same page. But I, I get the sense that not everybody's like that. So, two questions for you: Somebody starting out on the path, trying to trying to get a little bit more financially literate or or a little bit better at their finan personal finances. And then also trying to get your significant other uh, on the path as well. Yeah. So, I mean, just starting out is, is find somebody who, uh, who knows what they're talking about. And it's hard if you're just starting out to figure out who knows what. I had people give me advice like, you just got to get in the real estate market. And it, the minute that I did, it just dropped off the, off the end of the cliff. Um, so, you know, find, find some sort of mentor, uh, read some books you know, uh, I tell people, you don't have to be, you don't have to be baptized in the name of Dave Ramsey or anything like that, but, but gosh, he's got some, he's got some great input. So, uh, you know, find a mentor either, either in person, somebody that, you know, uh, this forum that, that, that you've got going, uh, or, or some other virtual forum, be it Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman. I mean, there's a number of people out there that are, that are, that are giving good, uh, input. As far as uh, if your if your spouse uh, is not on board, and I don't I don't know what to say about that. I was fortunate enough to have you know my wife is the one who went and got the books, and we read them at the same time. So um, we were on the same page at the same time, and that took I didn't have to do anything to bring her alongside. Um, if it, if anything, we we stepped off on the same foot at the same time, but. Um, you know, to the extent possible, you know, have those conversations. I mean, the Dave Ramsey's book, uh, again, I, 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 don't, I make nothing from it. I, I, when I get to talking about him, I, I, I start sounding like a multi-level marketer type of person. I don't get any money from it. Uh, but his books are, are so easy to read um, and they spell it out for you. They spell out how much you lose that opportunity cost by spending $5 a day or even $5 a week at, at, at Starbucks, how much you lose out by, um, by paying interest, be it on credit cards or auto loans or, or whatever. And so, you know, to, to, to give that book to your spouse uh, or, or whoever you're sharing your finances with, um, and that, that may be the difference right there. Um, otherwise, it's, it's, it's hard. My wife and I were fortunate enough, like I said, to come along at the same at the same time, and so we don't fight about money. So uh, if you're out there and you don't have, you don't have ten bucks to to buy one of his books when they're on sale, and you can't figure out how to go borrow a book from the library, hit me up and I'll I'll buy the book for you. That's how that's how much of a blessing it's been for my wife and I, as far as uh, not fighting about money because we got on the same page. So whatever whatever you can do to to not or to come alongside each other at the same time, you know, do that. Yes. No, that's amazing, man. And um, part of, part of what you're talking about is just getting on the same page and having those conversations and explaining the why behind it all, you know, the, yeah. the, the, 
the amount of interest you're paying on a credit card, for example, might not feel like that much upfront, but when it's compounded over several months, if you're not paying off those balances, it's devastating to you. And um, sometimes it just takes explaining that to your significant other and, and, and sitting down and going through and mapping out what, what life could look like if you get rid of a lot of that consumer debt. So I think that's really good. And the other piece I was going to touch on was, you know, finding a mentor. If, if you, if you are looking for a mentor, do yourself a favor and find out how you could be of value to them prior to even approaching them. So figure out what they need to, to make their business more efficient, to, to make their lives a little easier and approach them with that and say, Hey, I noticed that, that I could provide this service to you and I'll do it for free. If you just let me tag along and you kind of show me the ropes. I think that's a really good way of, of finding a mentor that's, that's willing to help. So, uh, I just wanted to tag on to what you said there because I really liked it. Right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Right. Well, cool, man. Uh, yeah. With that, looks like you got knocked down on your first alarm. <laughs> Sounds good. Right Sounds good. That's your first you time. Um, so with that, where can, uh, if you want to know more about you, where can we find you? Yeah. If you work for San Diego Fire Department, hit me up. You can, you can look me up on Telestaff. You can get my phone number off of there. Um, if, if not, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's just Aaron or Aaron Bothwell, B-O-T-H-W-E-L-L. And uh, you can hit me up on there. Um, if that doesn't work for you, you can't find me for whatever reason, just hit Kyle up and he can get you in contact with me. Perfect. Yeah, no, um, I think people listening will really appreciate that. And uh, you will be getting um, some people contacting you for sure. And, and as we touched on in the beginning, it's always best if they're contacting you instead of you contacting them, because that usually means that they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, a lot better that you're hitting me up than, than right. me cutting you down. That's right. Well, right on. Hey, Aaron, I really appreciate your time today, man. Uh, this was awesome. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you. Good, good talk. Appreciate it. Here you go. All right. Thanks again to Aaron or AA Ron for meeting me here in the bullpen. His message of building an emergency fund of $1,000, paying down your debt, and then increasing your savings rate is valid in any economic conditions. Um, but as the saying goes, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. So you have to take a step today and then another step tomorrow to build the momentum to get you down that path towards financial freedom. If you'd like to learn more about Aaron, he's on Facebook at Aaron Bothwell. That's A-A-R-O-N-B-O-T-H-W-E-L. If you'd like to learn more about us, we're on Facebook at The Firehouse. That's F.I.R.E.House. On Instagram, the underscore fire underscore house. On LinkedIn, at The Firehouse Investors or any place you listen to podcasts. If you learned something today and you want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe. But no matter what you do, take this information, go out there, and get some. Station F.